Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I. Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. Let's see. Gay, 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 gay. Even gayer. Oh, God, that's so fucking gay. 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 Yeah, it's all gay. What are we going to do with all of this gay shit? Wait a minute. Let's just fucking rate it. Ronnie rates gay shit. So one of my biggest strengths, but also can be translated as one of my biggest weaknesses, is the fact that I generally tend to be just a little too overly opinionated about, well, just about anything. And I'm not afraid to share that opinion with anyone, regardless of what type of a crowd I surround myself with. And honestly, it's a gift. But I actually decided to take that overly, just a little too extra sometimes opinion and throw them into just a few things that relate to the gay community as a whole and give you my take on what I feel about these specific items or entities. In other words, I decided to rate gay shit. So on this week's episode, Ronnie rates gay shit (laughs) so sit back relax put on that condom or pop your prep pill and let's evaluate the poppers brand known as hellfire queen of the universe or lack thereof the supplement that supposedly makes you ready to have sex anytime you want with no worries at all whatsoever known as pure for men White Claws, because we all know that the gays are all about that shit. And the new hit show on HBO, Just Like That, the Sex and the City spinoff, and my take on that shit. And last but most certainly not least, the number one underwear that is on every single one of your hookups, pretty much consistently, Andrew Christian. So let's do it. Let's get my opinions and Follow me as uh, I rate gay shit. You are now listening to My Gay Expose Podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, and podcast host who's based out of San Francisco, California. 
Washburn here, and welcome back to My Gay Expose podcast. And on this week's episode, Ronnie rates gay shit. So in my somewhat misguided attempt to, you know, push my opinions and or views to you, the listeners, I decided to take several different gay-themed items or things that gays tend to flock to and just give you my personal opinion on a sex scale from 1 to 10 in regards to how I feel about all of this, well, gay shit. (laughs) So I actually did this on my website. There's a little section that you can click on to called Ronnie Rates Gay Shit. And there you'll find my full disclosed written critique on all of these different items And the sex scale, honestly, was just created back in the day when I used to do the Gay Walk of Shame blog. And I was actually just talking about sleeping with specific guys. And I would rate the experience on a sex scale from 1 to 10. But because Gay Walk of Shame is no more, I decided to revise the sex scale. And just give you my straightforward, blunt, direct, and fervent opinion on all things gay or things that we consider to be gay shit. And this week, I feel like this is going to be a series that I will continue throughout this entire My Gay Expose podcast journey. And on the first volume of Ronnie Rates Gay Shit, you'll get my take on the poppers brand known as Hellfire. Queen of the universe, pure for men, white claws, and... The Just Like That series that just dropped on HBO. And last but most certainly not least, Andrew Christian Underwear. So let's do it. Let's get in there. Let's hop right in to all of that gay shit. And by the way, no segmentation this week. No re-expose. No hot gay goss. And no your gay expose. Because we're going to spend all of our time on Ronnie, rating gay shit. Chances are, is that if you follow along or listen to this show, then you know that I have a very unhealthy relationship with my constant obsession with poppers. And like, I don't really even understand it. But as I continue to maneuver through that poppers journey, I'm constantly on the lookout to find out if there is a brand that might be potentially one that I find better than the one that I used before. But to me, it I don't know if it's just because I use poppers so often Or maybe my body's just grown accustomed to them. With each time that I buy a brand that I maybe bought months back and thought was the most amazing thing back then, suddenly I take a hit as I'm getting a dick penetrated deep within my ass and realize that that brand is not quite what I expected from it before. So there's several different factors involved with this specific scenario. One of my close friends and I came to the stark realization that as you 
go through the motions of actually using poppers. Like, you can't just rely on one specific brand. We feel very fervently, and I can truthfully attest to this, that your body actually grows used to one specific brand. So, therefore, if you find a brand that you find is the right brand for you, chances are the next time you purchase that very same bottle, it's not going to quite be like the bottle before. And I do feel like this actually might be a brain thing. I don't know. Also, you have to kind of factor in the, you know, different degrees of variation in regards to how drunk you are, how many drinks you may have had that night, because that all plays a factor on exactly how you feel when you take that fucking hit, when you hit poppers. So for me, the stronger, the better. And sometimes it's really disappointing to find out that you just spent like $26 on a tiny bottle of poppers only to find that you still have to tell the guy who's like slipping it into your ass that you have to oh, wait uh, hold on wait hold, just I need a second let me take another hit because it's not quite doing what it should right then and there the strength is just not there so my recommendation here on my gay expose podcast in regards to what you should select when you walk into that porn store and look at like 50 different fucking brands and stand there like, what the fuck should I even do? Is basically get something different than the time you got before. But there are a select few brands that I feel do stand apart from the crowd in regards to being that much better than some of the others, which honestly, some of the bigger named brands or some of the most common brands that you see on that grinder hookups nightstand are definitely not always a swing and a hit. So this week, I decided to, because I will most likely be evaluating different variations of brands of poppers here in the near future, go with Hellfire. Now, listen, for me, Hellfire has definitely been one of the brands who has stood out in regards to being one of the strongest, but there's this weird scent that is just a little bit different than all the other brands. And it's not necessarily a pleasant scent, but it's not necessarily a bad one either. But I do feel whatever the fuck that scent is, that's clearly very different. It's probably the one ingredient that actually is sort of giving it that extra little oomph when you take that hit. And you feel like you're in the gym locker being banged out by two muscle jocks. When in reality, you're probably just having so-so mediocre sex with that guy around the corner on Grinder, who's actually more like a four, and you end up walking home after the sex and having all sorts of shame and regret. But when you take that hit of hellfire, you're in that gym locker room with those hot muscle jocks. You know what I mean, right? I know we've all been there at least once in our lives before. So I have to say, as far as the specific Hellfire brand is concerned. I do feel that this is one of the top brands that I would recommend to anyone who basically walks into that sex store with the big looming question mark over their head, wondering what brand to select. So for me, I feel the strength is probably one of the strongest on the market pretty consistently but again, you guys, the scent's a little off and a little strange, but also 
bearable. So don't like worry about any of that shit. The shelf life is probably about a four to five use hit before the actual bottle loses its potency. And by the way, I highly recommend everyone to almost always just buy a small bottle and fuck the big one because truth be told, the big ones are more expensive and you honestly think that you're getting more, but you're actually not because the actual potency of the formula itself loses just as quick as the small. So what I mean by that is the smallest bottle of poppers that you find is actually the most lucrative because it will last a little bit longer because it's enclosed a little bit smaller and you're not wasting that 10 plus extra dollars on the larger size. So just pro tip from an experienced popper connoisseur or popper sommelier like myself. (laughs) As far as big dick penetration is concerned, it's definitely very friendly in regards to that. So chances are if you take a couple of hits of this specific brand, you can slide down on anywhere from 9 to 12 inches with little to no discomfort. So there's that. (laughs) The visual appeal is actually pretty good. The branding actually kind of sort of shows you what it's all about. The red, orange, and yellow flames exude intensity. And the brand definitely delivers on that intense look, for sure. And, you know, honestly, as far as like a single or multi-hit use variant. I give it a two to three hits per session, and that's pretty much all you're going to need in your sexual session to pretty much get through the feeling of euphoria. (laughs) Some other brands honestly take about eight to ten hits, and you have to kind of constantly keep hitting as you go along the entire sexual journey, but not with Hellfire. I do feel two to three hits is pretty average in regards to this brand. So Ronnie Washburn's overall sex scale from one to 10 for Hellfire is officially a very solid eight. Queen of the universe. You guys, I tried. I tried so hard. I even gave it like at least five episodes in before I just completely called it quits and just gave up entirely. And that's just enough information for me to confidently give this full-on Ronnie Rates gay shit review because it's just not happening. First off, I think one of the biggest misses on this show was the promo or lack thereof because it just kind of came out of nowhere. And for something that is produced by RuPaul, I think we just sort of expect a little bit more than what we got. It was just like, suddenly I saw it, I think on Trixie Mattel's Instagram. And then the next thing you know, there it is on Paramount Plush. (laughs) Like we're just suddenly watching this new drag singing competition. The part I think I have a real hard time with on this specific Show, well, there's several things, to be honest with you. But first and foremost, it's just like drag queens who are singing. It's just very kind of boring. And it's just not the Rue Paul franchise that I think we all expected. And I get they're probably trying to separate this from the Drag Race franchise. But, like, you guys, I mean, 
it's drag. We expect so much fucking more than this shit. And yes, a lot of the queens looked good. Yes, the singing's good, but like, no, I can't get into it. I'm still bored and I just don't know where the fuck this is going. (laughs) I just, I tried. I like, I'm just, I'm waiting for some big, huge thing to happen. No, it's just, it's all a big fucking giant miss. First and foremost, 14 queens start off the competition. Okay. So they're from all over the world. That's a cute idea. I get that. Okay. Perfect. So we do this singing competition. You guys, the first fucking episode, they eliminate six queens right out the gate. I was like sitting there like waiting for some sort of an explanation in regards to why this would actually be a thing. But uh, like, no, nothing. It's that was it. Just six queens eliminated before you even get to know who these fucking queens are. They're gone. Just out of the picture. (laughs) I'm like, all right, this is just it did. It just it just made no, no fucking sense. And then like the judge panel, like. So we've got Vanessa Williams, Leona Lewis, Trixie Mattel, and Michelle M- Michelle Visage. I can never fucking say her goddamn name. I always stumble over that. Michelle Visage. <laughs> Ugh, God. And you guys, they all, aside from Trixie, look so tuned out, so bored. I, I don't get it. I, I feel like this show was probably kind of thrown together super fucking last minute. I I feel like Vanessa Williams is so like, why the fuck am I even here right now? I'm so bored, so tuned out, so checked out. Like it just, Leona Lewis, she's trying to be like that vocal coach judge. But at the end of the day, it's like so beyond meh, mediocre, boring, just can't get through any of her fucking critiques. It's like the same fucking critique over and over again. It's just... It's just not there. I I don't know whose idea this shit was. But also, Michelle Visage is just equally as unimpressed, bored, and she's just, it's just not, it's just not. The only one that seems like they're even into any of this shit is Trixie, who famously sits there like a little white girl with her offbeat clapping and head bopping moment to the entire song each time a fucking drag queen goes up and performs. And I just, it's just, I, judges are supposed to be just a little bit cutthroat. You're not supposed to know what they're thinking while the performance is occurring. You're supposed to only know what they're thinking after the critiques. But Trixie just sits there like enjoying the entire thing. You guys, I just can't. Like, there's just something missing about this show. It, it it has a very America's Got Talent vibe. The audience is there in like tables. It just feels all wrong on all different counts. Not only that, but we don't get any behind the scenes on any of the queens at all whatsoever. So we don't really get to know who they are aside from them actually just fucking singing. It's just not really... Like, I don't know what we expect from some sort of a drag competition, I think. And I'm trying really hard to separate drag race from this because, like, I feel like because maybe my mindset just gears towards loving the Rue franchise. So I I kind of, maybe I'm giving this not as much 
credibility <laughs> as any of the Rue uh, productions. I, you got, I just can't, you know, so honestly, truth be told, Queen of the Universe is a swing and a miss for me on so many different levels. It's just, it's just not there. I just can't get into it. I tried. I can't. And this is definitely one of those gay topics of conversation that I just can't really have with anyone that has any sort of a positive outcome because it's just, oh, it's terrible. You guys, Ronnie rates gay shit official sex scale from one to 10 on Queen of the Universe is a very solid three. Chances are, is that if you follow along with this show, you know that I am not opposed to being very open, blunt, and candid about oopsie-daisy, dirty butt sex moments that I'm pretty confident that if you consider yourself a bottom, we've all experienced that shit, literally no pun intended, at least once, if not more, in our lives. So naturally, especially as we all continue to age and learn that our bodies don't exactly cooperate with us the way that they should, as we segue into our 40s, allegedly. <laughs> oh, God. So it's not as predictable as it once was. When you were in your 20s, you knew that you could just eat douche and you were good to go. That's not always the case these days. So many companies out there have tried to target market this specific problem by basically coming up with supplementation to create a situation where you can, quote, stay ready or be ready all the time. Pure for Men, for example, is probably the biggest, I think, in regards to this specific supplement. But here's the thing, you guys. I tried. I had a, a huge fucking problem with this product. First and foremost, I took it. Was really OCD-esque religious about taking it on a regular basis. And really just wanted to see if my regular everyday eating habits slash bathroom habits dictated that this product would actually do what it promises to do where you can actually legitimately stay ready, feel ready, and actually go an eight-hour shift at work, and as you're walking out to go home, suddenly find that guy who hits you up on Grinder, says, I'm around the corner, let's fuck. And even though you've been on your feet all day, eaten, things aren't where they maybe should be when you woke up at 7 a.m. to shower you know that you can go hop on that dick and confidently know that nothing will emerge that shouldn't. But I'm here to tell you guys, that is absolutely not the fucking case. For this product, it is not 100% foolproof. Even though they actually lead you to believe without specifically saying that they are 100% foolproof, but they make you feel and think that this is something that you can do that will actually prevent any of this from ever happening if taking the supplement regularly. 
So there's several things that I have a problem with in regards to this product specifically. First and foremost, it's incredibly overpriced. And really all the supplement is, it's just a fiber product that actually, supposedly the pills go into your system and go into your stomach. They disperse and spread and the solution supposedly grabs everything that's in your stomach and completely flushes all of that shit out literally no pun intended <laughs> and like making it so that like each time you use the restroom absolutely everything comes out but i'm here to tell you not only have i had a dirty butt sex oopsie daisy moment on pure for men but i have several friends who have attested to this exact same scenario too so therefore i know multiple people including myself who have actually experienced that dirty butt sex oopsie daisy moment on pure for men so therefore you officially can't 100 count on feeling and staying ready to bottom anytime you want because it doesn't always work in your favor Listen, I've said this so many fucking times on this show. The easiest way to predict your bowel movements or like understand or even feel that you know that you're going to be 100% ready to bottom on a whim. First of all, you have to fucking douche. I mean, douching is not ever a thing that you should take out of the equation. And I know that Pure Ferment actually used that angle in one of their advertisements early on to basically try to dispel the myth that like they were actually like throwing shade on the actual act of douching itself saying that it was like harmful to your body why would you want to do that when you can take our supplement and it does the exact same thing it's all bullshit you absolutely still have to fucking douche because regardless of how well you eat how much fiber you get in your diet etc there's always still something that will be lingering throughout your body i don't give a fuck who you are or what you do, or how regular you are. Not every time, but more often than not, when you think that you might be fully confident and ready to bottom on a whim, there it is, presenting itself at the wrong moment, especially if you're a bottom like me who's a size queen and loves larger dicks up your ass. I definitely have been in situations where I've had enough sex to know that bigger dicks tend to pull more of what you don't want to emerge out when you don't want it to emerge. <laughs> so it's almost always the bigger dicks that get all up in there where all of that extra might be lingering throughout your day. So just buy fucking Metamucil, take it twice a day. It's orange flavored. It tastes good. It doesn't taste bad. You'll be a little bit more regular. You'll notice that as non-graphic as I want to be about describing this, more of what you dispose of in your body will be disposed. <laughs> but like, honestly, I'm telling you guys, the cheap generic brand of Metamucil that you buy at any of your local drugstores is the sure fire way to make sure and ensure that you are almost, almost, I say almost, emphasis on almost, guaranteed to be ready whenever you need to bottom on a whim like and don't waste your fucking money on that fucking pure for men bullshit because like i said multiple testimonials that attest that this pure for men bullshit isn't 
as, let's just say, stay-ready-esque as they claim that it should be. So here on Ronnie Rates Gay Shit, I give Pure for Men on a sex scale from 1 to 10 a solid 3. Maybe a 4, but I'm giving it a 3. Let me tell you all the reasons why. White Claws, the alcoholic seltzer beverage that promises only 100 calories per can. It's like 5% alcohol, I believe, which is honestly the same as drinking like a fucking Pilsner. And if you don't know what a Pilsner is, chances are you're even gayer than I am. <laughs> but okay, we as gays, we all flock to the White Claws because we all want to drink, get drunk, but consume as little calories as possible. I mean, let's just face it. Getting drunk and being gay and trying to stay thin and consuming the least amount of calories while drinking is a difficult feat to master. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you think about all the different things that you could drink, wine has too much sugar and that packs on the weight. Beer is just like fucking barley and calories galore, especially if you get into the like harder, like thicker IPA-esque type beers because... Let's just be honest with ourselves. Those are the only ones worth drinking because most of them are night, like between 7 to 9% alcohol. And why drink a beer when you have to drink like six to get a little bit of a buzz when you can drink two IPAs and feel just a little bit more of a buzz? But the thing is, is the thicker the beer, the more calories you consume and the bloatier you are. And it's just not a fun gay thing for anyone. I mean, at all. And if you do any of the hard alcohol shit, I mean, you listen, I mean, I've done the vodka with, you know, a diet Coke chaser or the vodka with a diet Snapple chaser or vodka with a diet anything chaser. And vodka just fucks you up so bad, or at least me, I don't know about you, but like Ronnie Washburn and vodka are definitely not a good combination, especially when you have certain tools on your phone, such as Grinder, that allow you to make really horrible sexual choices and honestly are the sole reason for most of all of many of my most messy gay walk of shame stories that are deep within the archives. But this could be said the same for tequila. I mean, if you get into the brown alcohols, like the calorie counts get higher. Listen, let's just face it. Drinking is just not good for the waistline. So if you're anything like me and gay as fuck and just constantly concerned about your diet, exercise, routines, habits, what you eat, blah, 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 etc. Or just body dysmorphic like me. You just want to find the one alcoholic beverage that gives you that buzz that you need, but also allows you to be skinny. So White Claws were invented with only 100 calories per serving. But here's the thing, you guys. Like, even though they were, like, huge when they first came out, they were really hard to find at one point. I remember going to the stores and they were completely sold out. Everybody was going crazy. But as time has 
continue to maneuver through this entire gay drinking journey, we all realize that White Claws at the end of all of it is really just not as good as they lead you to believe. And really what I mean by that is it's the same fucking thing as a pilsner in that if you want to get a little buzz, you have to drink at least five because it's like 5% alcohol. And same thing with the White Claws. You have to drink at least five because it's only 5% alcohol. And I might actually just be exposing a little bit about my very unhealthy high tolerance when regards to <laughs> alcohol consumption. Because maybe for you it's too. I don't know what your specific alcohol consumption journey is. But listen, you have to consume like multiple of this. So at Really, if you're literally going to a place where you're trying to count those calories, why not just drink one or two hearty IPAs or like a couple glasses of wine or, you know, whatever. It's just really, it's all the same thing. Here's the other thing I don't like about the White Claws is I think, I don't know if it's the bubbly or what or the sweet or I don't know if it's a combination of the bubbly and the sweet, but there's something about them that if I have too many, I'm just like miserably sick the next day. Even worse than like if I took shots of hard alcohol. Like it literally, the White Claw hangovers are like some of the most painful, gut-wrenching and worse. And does can anyone relate to this? I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's always White Claws that give me that really over-the-top sick, oh my God, I had one too many feeling that really just makes me want to curl up in my bed and die. And if this is what we get out of drinking multiple White Claws on a night out with the guys or whatever, then is it really worth it? So really, if you think about it, the one alcohol that promises to be like the gay's best friend, because not only is it sweet and bubbly, but, you know, fair, like only 100 calories... It's really not that great at all. And at the end of all of it, take a couple of shots of something and chase it with something that has like no sugar, no substance, nothing. And then just get completely blacked out and end up hooking up with some guy that the next day you will completely 1000% regret because at the end of all of it, that's the way to go. <laughs> or the story of my entire Life, so I give White Claws on a sex scale from 1 to 10 a 3 because, like, I just can't. But to be honest with you, I have, like, four cans that are unopened sitting in my room at this moment as we speak at the time of this recording because when it comes to getting a casual drink after a night out of drinking and you still want to go for more, uh, I still continue to consume the motherfucking White Claws. So it's a three, but there's three to four sitting in my room. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the biggest reasons why I'm one of the biggest hot messes of all time for that very reason. HBO just recently released the reboot of Sex in the City Noun as And Just Like That. And I have to say, I went in 
with a lot of skepticism because as we all know, the Sex in the City movies were really fucking bad. <laughs> like really fucking bad. Like I remember one of my exes was trying to get me to watch the second one and I was like, oh my God, can we turn this shit off? It was so fucking terrible. But you guys, I have to say so far, I'm only into episode seven and like keeping up each week, but it's really fucking good. I have to say, but let me tell you the things that are kind of starting to bother me about the new reboot. So I get that we're, ah, I'm shit. I don't even know how the timeline goes in regards to like how long ago sex in the city was versus where we are now in today's society. But I do get that they're all in their fifties. I get that they were probably like what in their like late thirties, forties in the original I don't even know how many seasons it ran. Like, I watched most of the Sex and the City episodes, but it's been a while. But, like, the thing that I enjoy the most, I think, about the show is the fact that they are being a lot more open to current topics of conversation in regards to, like, the LGBTQ plus community. So, for example, Miranda's venturing out into, you know, dabbling with a woman or a non-binary cast member, which in itself is great too, because this specific cast member is a non-binary individual or identifies as such. There's, you know, in the story there, um, they, what the fuck is that bitch's name? Charlotte, her daughter is identifying as not feeling. So she's a girl. And so she's trying to maneuver through that entire journey with her daughter wanting to be called a boy name, wanting to get their hair cut short. There's just so many different things going on in the storylines that are really just kind of full circle in today's society. And I do feel like that is a plus. And it's giving the people who actually did watch the show, aside from gays, because I know this show was really big with like the female clientele base, like it's showing them more of the open armed acceptedness in a city like New York for the LGBTQ plus members of the community. But here's the thing. I kind of feel as though maybe it's just a little too much. <laughs> like, I, listen, I'm here for all of this. I'm here for all of the new. I'm here for evolving. I'm here for the, you know, Miranda exploring her you know, whatever she is, lesbian or non by like whatever she's going to end up identifying as later on in the series because we don't know yet. But it's just too much. I just feel like there are too many storylines surrounding this. And it's not enough for me to hate the show. I actually am enjoying the show. I do feel it's very well written. And I do feel it is moving towards a direction of positive change. And I do feel like they're keeping us interested. There's so many different things going on throughout the show that they do kind of keep us like intrigued as to what's going to happen next. So therefore, and just like that, gets an official Ronnie Raitt's gay shit sex scale from one to 10. I'm giving this one a solid seven. This one is actually doing it for me. It's checking all the boxes so far. And yeah, maybe there's just a little too much going on in regards to like 
LGBTQ plus community ish. I just feel like it's kind of like they're trying to shove it in our face just a little too much. Like maybe it, it could have been done a little bit differently. But you know, what do I know? Maybe this is what we all need. And maybe this is a good way to get some of the past sex and the city fans a little bit more expose into current day society. But most certainly not least, the number one gay underwear brand that you see on almost every single one of your grinder hookups, Andrew Christian. So I have a love-hate relationship with Andrew Christian specifically. I actually wrote a paper on Andrew Christian in college because it was like a specifically geared towards branding and target markets in my marketing class. So this was my pick to do, which goes to show you how fucking long Andrew Christian's actually been around. And I kind of feel like that's what the problem is here. And allow me to explain. So Andrew Christian arguably was probably one of the most popular gay targeted underwear brands of all time and maybe still is. Maybe. <laughs> like there wasn't really a whole hell of a lot of competition in regards to gay specific underwear but back then I just remember it all like you hooked up with a guy and if they had Andrew Christian underwear on you were turned on that much more I actually have a friend who has a little bit more of an underwear obsession than I do I've actually been known to have an underwear fetish specifically like I love and collect underwear and honestly I have more underwear than anything else that I own in this world and it's probably time for me to go through my drawers and just throw all of the stuff that I still don't wear out <laughs> but anyways this friend actually has wait for it over 900 pairs of mostly Andrew Christian underwear. That's how far his obsession is. Like, I honestly have seen nothing like this in my entire life. I was actually pretty dumbfounded when he first showed me. I was like, what the actual fuck? But the vast majority of the underwear that I do own is Andrew Christian, and mostly in part to the fact that I did fall for one of those, like, fucking monthly subscription things where they send you, like, an underwear a month each and every month. And it's just honestly one of those things that I did years ago and just have never canceled. And I forget about it all the time until I actually get the underwear in the mail each month. And I'm like, oh shit, I need to cancel that. And then I just don't. <laughs> oh yeah. But here's the thing. I do feel like Andrew Christian did trend probably a little bit more so about 10 years ago. And there's a few other brands that have sort of done it better, in my personal opinion. But I do also feel like Andrew Christian is trying really hard to stay relevant, but they're just kind of missing the mark. Their target market tends to be this entire notion of hot jock, perfect body. Like, that is what they basically exude. And I'm not gonna lie, like, I follow him on social media, and I think I actually may have unfollowed him on Instagram because I just that... I'm not even into that entire dynamic anymore. Like, it was very, like, porn star slash, I mean, it, no, 
it's just getting old. He's still continuously doing the same thing that he did 10 years ago. And I think we're kind of getting to a place where maybe we need to like evolve and like move forward. But not only that, like when it comes to like developing new styles, if you just go through his fucking website, like literally at this point in my life, 70% of what I see on his website, I fucking hate and I wouldn't even wear. And I, I feel like he's trying too hard to make it look a certain way. And it's just, it looks cheap. And not to mention the fact that I, I have gotten several pairs of underwear in the mail where they try to do that fucking bulge thing where they like kind of push your cock forward a little bit to make it look like it's protruding just a little bit bigger than it should than it actually is or whatever and like they don't sew it properly at the tip so you're wearing this fucking underwear and there's like this little what looks like a very poor sewing job but actually makes it look like you're fucking uncut when you're actually not because I'm not uncut (laughs) it's just really bad sewing and I mean, it doesn't happen in every pair, but you do occasionally find a pair where this is the case. And it's just, I feel like kind of a miss. And I do feel like the biggest reason why Andrew Christian did get so big within the gay community is back then they did do those things that nobody else did where they did that technology where they pushed your dick forward and made your bulge look much bigger. So therefore, why would the gays not want to flock to something like that. But I'm telling you, like, I do fucking remember when every single fucking dude I hooked up with consistently had Andrew Christian on. It was just a thing. And I don't really feel like it's as much of a thing anymore. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you still see all the guys that you hook up with wearing Andrew Christian underwear? I have to know. But like, I do feel like the quality's kind of dropped a little bit. And I do feel like maybe the pandemic perhaps took its toll on the brand itself. And it's just not quite what it once was. And as much as he tries to continue to evolve, the number one email that I get in my email box consistently that I just want to spam each and every time I get it is him. I get multiple emails from him a day and that's just fucking absolutely annoying. And it went from, you know, being one of the most expensive brands out there to now being the most consistently on sale brand out there, which just kind of alludes to the fact that they might not be doing as well as they once were. So maybe perhaps it's time for a fucking rebrand or something. I don't know. But I mean, I would have given Andrew Christian on a sex scale from one to 10 back then a solid eight, nine. I probably would at one point in my life say that I probably only exclusively bought just that one specific brand. But now as we sit here in this current moment, I think we're going to have to go with, I'll be generous and give it a five. It's just slipping and just kind of following by the wayside and we just don't really remember Andrew Christian like it once was but you know I have to say some guy I hooked up with a couple of weeks ago had a pair on and I was like oh it kind of like made me think like I haven't seen that on somebody in a very long time so I I don't know like what is your guys's take on this brand I like I, I I don't know if it's just me or the way that I've 
shifted in my mindset on the brand itself. And again, my other friend who is a little bit more over the top obsessive about this brand in specific, almost exclusively only owns this brand. So yeah, sorry, Andrew, giving it a five, time to evolve and move forward. What do we learn today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, tops or bottoms, gender fluid and non-binary, transgender and questioning? Well, I'd like to think we learned a whole hell of a lot. We learned that I give Hellfire, the Poppers brand, a solid eight on a sex scale from one to ten. We learned that Queen of the Universe is a fucking dud sitting at a three on the scale. We learned that Pure for Men doesn't deliver as much as it promises at a four or even a 4.5. We learned that White Claws are definitely a fucking four. And just drink anything else, to be honest, if you especially plan on getting drunk. And just like that is sitting at a solid seven and... Hopefully, it continues to do so. And last but most certainly not least, we learned that Andrew Christian was once at an 8 or a 9 on the sex scale, but has slowly dropped to a current day 5. And honestly, you guys, if you want to get a little bit more in-depth review on all of these items, just go to RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn. Dot com, and there you'll find the page labeled Ronnie Rates Gay Shit. And you can find all the specific details as to why I rated all of these things in the way that I did. And honestly, the White Claws, the And Just Like That, and Andrew Christian aren't posted up just yet. And hopefully they will by the time this episode debuts. But I'm not going to make any promises because I'm so busy and stretched so thin with all of the things that I've been doing for this show and all the other projects. And I, we're just going to have to see how all of that shit plays out. But with that, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, and don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch wind of each and every episode of My Gay Expose podcast right when it drops. Follow on Instagram at Exposing My Gay. And once again, don't forget to check out my website, which includes all of this gay shit, plus all of my written work and my blog, A Gay in the Life of Ronnie, at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious, and relatable episode with me, Exposing My Gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn, and I will rate gay shit with you next time.
Oh, my God.